So this morning, I just want us to look at the entire Psalm 42. And as, we, as the word comes forth, I want you to just open your heart and be frank and honest with yourself and receive this word. Amen. Amen. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for flowing streams, I read from the ESV because I know that the ESV has some of the words that I need to use in the, in the message. So if we can project the ESV, English Standard Version. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I will go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise. A multitude-keeping festival, five. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation, and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep are the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Amen. You don't see our presiding elder, Elder Dr. Nathan Nati today because I sent him to Dunbury to take care of 
some critical issues for us. I believe that he's there, but part of his heart is also worshiping with you. Hope in your God. You know, when you read scripture, especially if I believe it's First Corinthians 13, Paul talks about three things that would forever remain. And he said, out of these three things, they are faith, hope, and love. Paul said that out of those three, love is the greatest. This morning, I just want us to hone in on one of those three things that Paul says that will always remain. Our knowledge is going to pass away. Your gifts are going to pass away. The mark that you make in this world will definitely pass away. But these three things, hope, faith, and love will remain forever. And out of these Today, we are going to talk about hope. And when God gives the opportunity, when I come here the next two times, we will look at faith and love. But briefly, love is our distinct calling in the sense that the Bible says that by our love, people will know that we are disciples of God, that we know that we are Christians. And love is our calling. No matter how harsh the world gets, no matter how confusing the world gets, the love of the people of God, when it remains, will always be an example to the world. So love is our calling as Christians. Amen. Bible also talks about faith, different kinds of faith, different degrees of faith. Jesus said that ye have little faith. That means that they are different levels and degrees of faith. And Bible says that genuine faith also is more than gold because it remains forever. It makes you better even as challenges go, you go through challenges on this earth. This morning, we're going to talk about hope. Hallelujah. David said in that psalm, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him who is my salvation. David makes this same statement in verse number 11 of our scripture. He says that, why are you cast down, oh, my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again Praise him, the Lord who is my salvation and the Lord who is my God. When you read Psalms 42 and 43, they carry the same theme. So it is believed that Psalms 42 and 43 actually were one, was one psalm and they somehow divided it at some point in time. When you go home, take time and read 42 and 43 and you understand what I'm saying. They carry the same theme across. And the theme is hope. 
is a central theme for that psalm. Why is it important? Why do we need to hear this message of hope this morning? In our Christian lives, there are certain times that you and I feel so dry. Hallelujah. In our Christian walk, there come certain times that it feels like energy has been sucked out of us. We are dried out. It feels like nothing really works for us. Yes, we are Christians. Yes, we believe in God. But they are, if you would be frank with yourself, doesn't matter how old you are, how matured you are in the faith, there are certain times in your life, in this journey, that you have a very low level of energy. You don't know what's going on. Everything seems flat. You're not excited about the things that you used to do before. You don't even laugh when everybody else is laughing. Laughing. They are dry times. And for the Christian, whenever those dry times come, some of us, some of you, maybe, that is when you know that, you know what, times are so hard, they are dry. There's something, there's some dryness that has, that has overcome my spirit and my soul. I can't explain. Is it depression? Maybe not. But something's just don't seem right. And as Christian, most of the time, our first instinct would be to maybe crack open scripture and read the word of God, which is good. Or maybe say prayers, you know, try to engage yourself in prayer. Those are all good. But I'm speaking about a situation in your life. Sometimes our lives when you're so dry, you're so knocked out that even crack opening the Bible to read is a chore. Even praying the way you used to, the way you would like, becomes a chore. You're so knocked out. Nothing makes sense to you anymore. Those times come intermittently in your journey as a Christian. Beloved of God, David went through exactly that. He said, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. Oh God, my soul thirst for God. My soul thirst for the living God. There's something missing in my life. I haven't been sinning, but I know that there's something missing. I just can't collect myself to do the very things that I usually, I normally do. Something is wrong. Something is up. And for David, the worst thing for David was that he even felt so distant from God. Where are you, God? When shall I come and appear before you, God? Is there anybody in the house who goes through these challenging times in your journey 
as a Christian. I do. I have been through that. This morning, I want us to look at the symptoms. If you experience some of these things, then know that you are in your dry area. So we're going to look at the symptoms of this season. And then we're going to look at the causes of this season. And finally, we're also going to look at four strategies that we can undertake, we can use to help us bring back, bring us back on track. Say amen. If you're here this morning and you understand what I'm talking about, raise your right hand. Hallelujah. It looks like 99.9% of the people in the house know exactly what I'm talking about. There are seven things that describe the symptoms perfectly that David went through. Number one, as we talked about, he felt so dry. His spirit felt dry. Somebody may ask, Pastor, how do you define someone whose spirit is dry? I can't explain unless you experience it. When you wake up in the morning and it's like flat, nothing. Yes, you go on the morning devotion line, but after morning devotion line, then what? You cannot connect. Somehow, you can't connect. David felt that. Verse 1, he says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. And then number 2, David feels or he felt tearful. Verse 3 says, my tears have seen, have been my food day and night. This man felt some dryness, felt some unconnectedness with God, felt something missing in his life, and he was tearful. Something was up with him. He said, my tears have been my food. That tells me that he has lost appetite. That tells me that he couldn't eat. Something was up with this man. He said, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God? He felt so dry in his spirit, in his soul. He felt tearful. Verse number 11 also says that he was downcast. Says that, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? His soul was troubled. His soul was downcast. Do you go through that sometimes? He also said that he was in turmoil. He said, and why are you so much in turmoil within me, my soul? Turmoil means that his stomach was churning, feels overwhelmed. His, his stomach turns every time he thinks about the future. The thought about the future, the thought about things that lay ahead of David made his stomach churn, made him feel like his soul is in turmoil. Verse 9 also said that he feels forgotten. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He feels forgotten. Verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why have you forgotten me? Beloved of God, it is a fact 
that our journey in the Lord is not always rosy. And I know that you appear here all pretty and all, but I believe that even right now, if you're here and you feel these things, may the Spirit of God touch you and heal your soul. We look all pretty and we look all, all, all strong and we put up good face and all that. And that's all good. But sometimes deep within us, we are in turmoil. Deep within us, we feel forgotten. Deep within us, there is a dryness. They call you at random, come and speak the word of God. Nothing will come. Nothing will surface. Even if something comes, it will not be out of conviction because there is some dryness. You feel tearful. Maybe situations happening. We'll see some of the causes. Maybe situations happening in your family makes you go through all these things. David felt mournful. Why do I go mourning? Verse 9. Because of the oppression of the enemy, he was experiencing some kind of loss. And also, lastly, he felt oppressed. Verse 9, because of the oppression of the enemy. You put all these seven things together. And sometimes they are portions of the list I've given. Beloved of God, but they all are meant to bring, somehow bring you down and extricate you from the hope that is in Christ Jesus. Dryness, tearful, downcast, turmoil, forgotten, Mourning, oppressed. If you go through that, beloved of God, I want you to know that it is normal. It's usual. There's nothing that you have done. Well, if there are some circumstances in your life that you know you caused that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a Christian, the normal Christian who walks with Christ, does all the things, reasonably does all the things right, stays out of trouble, but still goes through. His dry experiences. Please. It might not be something that you've done. And sometimes we belittle these experiences. Oh, take it to Jesus. Oh, pray more. People know that. But it's hard for them to do exactly that. This morning. As we have seen some of the symptoms I want us to look at the causes of the condition that David goes through or went through, in, especially in Psalm 42. So these are the symptoms. Are you ready? David experienced hostile environment. Verses 3 and 10. Bible says that my tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 10 said, as with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? So this scripture tells us that there were some people in the life of David that he calls adversaries. He calls my enemies. Who seemed to give him problems? There were enemies who taunted him. He lived with their tongue day after day. And he seemed, it seemed to wear him down. 
He lived with these tones day and night. He was in a place where he was unfamiliar with these people. And it taunted him. Maybe you have experienced some in the house. These are erosive effect. Erosive effect of the way the surroundings sometimes treated David. The people in the community, the people in the society, the people in the culture, the people in the system taunted him, gave him a hard time. He faced oppositions, relentless oppositions, hostility. Sometimes we go through that. Sometimes the system around us presents situations that seems like we're being taunted. Go through situations that seems like we are pressured. The, the, the things around us are hostile towards us. They are pressures of life. Expectations of ourselves sometimes, if we are unable to meet those things, sometimes we feel the same way that David felt. And David wasn't unique. Jesus was there. Consider the hostility that our Savior went through. He endured taunting. Hey, you saved others. Why can't you get down and save yourself? The surrounding circumstances taunted David. He couldn't handle it anymore. Got to the point that he felt the way that he describes in Psalm 42. He also experienced a great loss. He endured these erosive effects of a hostile environment, but also in the scripture, it looks like he also experienced some kind of loss. In life, you and I will experience some kind of loss. Apart from the fact that the pressures around us can suppress us, can bring us to the point that David experienced we also experience losses. Whether you're in college, whether you're in a family, wherever you are, you, we also experience losses. Verse 4 says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go and how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. David has lost something. He is reminiscing, he is talking about the times that in Jerusalem, he would lead the procession of people who sing praises into the house of God. He was talking about his experience in Jerusalem and somehow in this scripture, he wasn't in Jerusalem. When you read verse 6, he said that, and my God, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Haman from Mount Mizar, verse number six. He wasn't in Jerusalem. He was in Jordan, but he felt, he felt the loss. He's reminiscing, I, I wish I was in Jerusalem where I had the opportunity to lead the people of God in praise, in procession. Something has changed. I'm on a land that I cannot do this the way I need to do. Not that I cannot do this. I'm on a land in Jordan that I can't even do this at all. It's a great loss for us. All of us, or most of us, maybe 50% of us, maybe identify ourselves 
with this situation. David had lost something. Miles away from Jerusalem, he had lost something. Circumstances changed in our lives. He had changed from Jerusalem to Jordan. Circumstances might change in your life. Maybe even the things that you were able to do in the past, you can't do it anymore right now. David was able to do that, lead the people in procession, in praise. He found himself, he couldn't do it anymore. And that got to his soul. Maybe you are here. There are certain things that you used to be able to do, but you can't do them anymore. Or a combination of things. Or something that's been lost in your life. And I think David could handle all that. Something's lost in his life. He probably could handle it. The pressures of life, the environmental pressure that was pushing down on him on his Christian walk, he probably could handle that. But I believe to him the worst thing is in all that, he couldn't feel the presence of God. That probably was his biggest issue. He felt distant from God. God, these are the times I need you the most. But how come when I cry out, I can hear your voice? As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants after you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for you. Where, where are you, God? When shall I come? When can I come and appear before you, God? My tears have been my food. God, you feel distant. Isaiah said same thing in Isaiah 45 verse 15. Truly you are God who hides himself. O God of Israel, my Savior. Does it come a point in our lives, maybe this very week, that you just felt so distant from God? That you've tried to reach out and you can't find your God. Jesus went through that. David went through that. Jesus went through that. And if you haven't, watch out. You will go through that. Jesus hang on a tree. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew that. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, my soul, my spirit and my soul is filled with sorrow. I can't feel your presence. I stretch forth my hands, I can't find you. I pray day and night and it seems bleak. It might be your turn. Maybe not today, but in the coming weeks, it might be your turn. But I speak to you, beloved of God, this morning that these are realities of our lives, of our journey as Christians. One day you'll be on top of the mountain. One day you'll be deep inside the valley. But if you will lift up your eyes whilst you're in the valley, you will still look and see the lily of the valley. Have hope. His name is Jesus. He still is there with you. He puts you and I through that experience to build your faith and to cause you to hope in him. 
Not all messages are nice and encouraging. But this is practical. I have a, have a, I have a sense, my spirit, a sense in my, in my spirit to communicate this message to the entire district. That in times that you feel dryness, don't feel distant from God. Or don't extricate yourself completely from God. Times are coming ahead where you will go through these periods. Don't let your faith falter. Just remain strong and hope in the Lord. And then what did David do? There's one thing that David kept thinking at the back of his mind. I know that I don't feel right. I know that something is up. You see, the times that I committed adultery with Bathsheba, that I prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Those times are gone. I know that you've forgiven me, but God, there is still some things, some incidents in my life that makes me get to the point where I can feel your presence. I can stretch forth my hands to get you. It feels like you are distant from me, but I know one thing I will hope in you. Never lose hope in this God. You see, David went through that. Jesus went through that. The prophet Isaiah went through that. You were no exception. Whether you were a deacon, whether you were an elder, a bishop, an apostle, they won't tell you. Pastors won't tell you the serious, seriously devastating, dry times they go through. Elders won't tell you. Deacons won't tell you. And you congregants, you will not tell anyone. But I tell you, it's real. But when those times come, when you're going through those wilderness Hope in the Lord. Let your hope still remain anchored in God. David did four things that are so practical that I want us to look at. Then I'll bring my message to an end and we'll pray. Hallelujah. The first thing David did is that David spoke honestly to God. Hallelujah. He said things, all the things we've read, he said them so honestly to God. I say to God, my rock, my soul is overwhelmed. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. My soul is overwhelmed with misery. I'm in turmoil. God, I'm in turmoil. Are you not hearing me, God? I mean, David did not mince words. He went straight to his God even though he did not feel the presence of God, even though his, his soul felt a little bit removed, he said, God, I know you are there anyway, but this is exactly how I'm feeling. You can still pray when you're feeling those moments. You can still speak to God when you're feeling those moments. Just like I said, Jesus did that. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. He saw the things that are ahead of him. He saw the torture that was ahead of him. And he coupled with the fact that his disciples had no clue when he was in dryness, when he was in misery, when his soul was in turmoil and said, let us pray a little bit. He went and came back and they were all snoring. And he stood it and said, oh my goodness, you couldn't wait with me an hour. He was going through hell. He was going through challenges. But he stuck to his God and said, oh God, he spoke to him frankly. He said, God, my soul is overwhelmed with joy. Say it to God. 
say it to God. That is the first thing David did. David did not just cower under the quilt and remain depressed under the quilt. David did not cower under the closet and just remain there without saying anything. David went out of himself, got out of himself and took the, the challenges one by one and told God exactly what he was going through. Do that. In the coming days, when you feel like that, do that. Speak to God. Tell God exactly what you're feeling. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hope in Christ. Hope in God. He will never forsake you. He will never deny you. The second thing that David did was he challenged himself. If you're going to grow in hope, beloved of God, you need to speak honestly to God, but also you need to challenge yourself. Hear me, beloved of God. He told himself, you see, he was not speaking to God this time. He had already spoken to God about his condition, what he was going through. But in this particular instant, he turned the books back onto himself and he spoke to something called his soul. He spoke to his real self, the thing that was sitting on the inside of him, the real David, the real man that was on the inside of him. He turned himself and said that, why, why is your soul is my soul so downcast? He's speaking to himself, addressing his soul. Praise God. Praise God. You see, they say, get this, they say that most unhappiness in life is due to the fact that we allow ourselves to listen to our fears. We allow ourselves to listen to our fears rather than talking to ourselves. Most unhappiness come, especially for the Christian. Most unhappiness come, as a matter of fact, in every, every, any kind of person. Most unhappy, because if you allow this flesh to speak to you, and if you all the time, you only listen to this flesh, I always say this flesh will shock you. So most of our unhappiness come by because we spend too much time listening to the flesh. It is about time we step back and look ourselves in the mirror and address that person sitting or standing in that mirror. That soul that you see, you see, why is your soul so downcast? Rise up, rise up, Pastor Jampo. Rise up, Elder Emmanuel. Look yourself and speak to your soul. My soul, you cannot be downcast. You will rise up, you will pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Instead of listening, because if you listen to the flesh, the flesh will tell you, oh, you're downcast. This, oh, you, can't you see you are in turmoil? Come look at the situation, it is bad. And you keep quiet and you listen to these things. David knew that he said, you know what? No way, no way. I shall rise up. My soul, why are you so downcast? Hope in the Lord. My soul, whether you like it or not, you will hope in the Lord. Praise the Lord. The situation is dying. The situation is so dire. You know that your heart is in turmoil, but you rise up and say that my soul, whether you like it or not, you are coming out of that turmoil situation. Praise the Lord. So instead of placidly, just so placidly listening to all that your flesh will be able to tell you, David stood up 
and addressed his soul. Hallelujah. When you address your soul, when you address your spirit, affirm the things that you know to be true. Number one, you speak honestly, candidly to God. Number two, you speak to your soul. You speak to your spirit. You direct, see there is power. There is power in the tongue and what the tongue professes comes to pass. Hallelujah. So use the power of the tongue to address your soul and affirm the things that you know is true. Hope in the Lord. Spirit, my spirit, I speak to you. Don't you know that God said that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Cheer up. Rise up. Speak these things and address your spirit. The last point that David did, when you read the scripture, 42, he gets encouraged a little bit and he said, hope in the Lord. But then he goes right back and talks again about the things that he's going through. And then he'll come right back and said, hope in the Lord. It looks like David is going round and round and round and round. And this is the picture that I see here. When you're climbing a mountain, a tall mountain, and the road is crafted around the mountain. When you're driving, you see the same views over and over again. But when you keep your focus and you keep steady, yes, you'll see the same views. You see the views from the north, south, east. Where is east? This is here. East and west. You keep seeing the same views, the same problems. You see them. The same causes of the problems you're going through. You see them. The same symptoms. You see them. In the course of the week, you see that they come, but keep steady with these things. Hope in the Lord. And as you drive, you see them over and over, but as you drive, you get to a point where you get to the top of the mountain. And when you get to the top of the mountain, that is when you've conquered. Never lose hope. Never lose hope. Wait expectantly. That is a fourth point for the future. The future is when God brings you to the top. You will see the challenges. But the point of this message for this week and in the subsequent weeks is, beloved of God, when you're going through your dry season, understand that it is normal sometimes. Understand that you're not alone. Understand I think the most, the most comforting statement here or knowledge here is that yes, David went through that. Jesus also went through that. Everything that has been spoken about here right now, Jesus went through that. Probably even worse. So if you and I go through that, it is not unusual. But the one threat that remains amongst all these characters is that they kept their hope. God. Don't cower. Don't be afraid. 
The things that you've submitted before the Lord that has tarried for a long time, don't lose hope. Even when they come back at you and get you down, rise up and speak to your soul. Speak expectantly. Expect things in the future. And speak truthfully to God and to your soul. And keep going. And keep going. God will bring you to that expected end. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord nurture this message in your heart. May the Lord cause you to come out of these situations. The things that you can do, the things that you are unable to do, young men and women in a house, the things that you don't have control over, the things that depress you, the things that put you in that tight corner, the things that brings you that dry feelings, makes your soul hurt and make your, your stomach churn, that sometimes you feel that there's no God. I admonish you this morning that our God will never leave you nor forsake you. So continue to have hope in him. Amen. Shall we be on our feet?